feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, just to update you on some very sad news that has happened, police are now saying that one is dead, multiple people are hurt after shots rang out on the campus just a little bit ago on Michigan State campus in East Lansing, Michigan. Michigan State students told to shelter in place and that the gunman is still at large at this time. Police apparently began swarming the building with guns, looking to see if they could find him inside of Berkey Hall. Uh, that took place just about two hours or so ago. Police say the suspect is believed to be on foot, and they asked students and also community members to stay in place. We will, of course, keep you posted. And again, shots ringing out on Michigan State University campus. One person is dead. Others are injured. And the gunman still at large. This comes after a violent day also in New York, where a man, a U-Haul driver, ran over eight people, including a police officer. And now we're getting details on this case where it was a crazed U-Haul driver who apparently started just mowing over people, saying that he had plans to take out people. And we're getting the history of this suspect. He's a 62-year-old guy. Thank goodness authorities got him. Uh, He is from Las Vegas, Nevada. And he already served, apparently, 17 months for stabbing his brother in Las Vegas. Nice guy. Uh, And then apparently also spent time in 2020 for stabbing a man during a scuffle. And he underwent months of psychiatric evaluation. His own brother-in-law is telling the New York Post tonight, quote, he is schizophrenic, he's crazy. I always thought he was probably going to kill himself one day, and that's the way I saw it. I knew he couldn't lead a normal life, that he was always making threats, and they were not surprised to hear that this guy, their relative, a 62-year-old guy, takes a U-Haul and mows down people, including pedestrians and also those on mopeds. So tonight, what is going on with all these individuals? And why are not people, family members, and others saying, this person maybe needs to be institutionalized? It's clear that the person is nuts. It's clear that the person is violent. This person, especially in the U-Haul case, and we're trying to get more details on the Michigan case, we'll bring that to you as soon as we get details. That person, again, has still not been apprehended. But in the U-Haul case... Authorities were able to stop him as apparently he was heading into Manhattan. So he was going to continue his reign of terror. And apparently he told law enforcement, basically, shoot me, I'm not stopping. Like sort of like death by cops. He was hoping to create this sort of standoff moment. This is clearly a guy who is mentally deranged. He's clearly nuts. And the family knew it. So I beg the question, why aren't these people locked up? When clearly the family says they're not surprised. I mean, how many of you have a relative out there who says, oh, I'm not surprised that he rented a U-Haul and mowed down people? 
families and individuals have to take much more responsibility. And if somebody knows that somebody is deranged in their family, has clearly a history of violence, not just to themselves, but also others. Uh, you know, it's Eric Adams who was talking about locking up people who didn't want to necessarily voluntarily do it. Well, this guy's a perfect case in general to lock up somebody because this guy is clearly a threat to others and family members and other people have to act. How many times do we cover these stories and we hear, oh, well, yeah, he's crazy. My relative, I always thought he was going to do something nuts like this. I always thought he was going to get out of control. I always thought he was going to do something like this. Family members and other people need to report it. And these people just need to be locked up permanently, institutionalized, try to get help, try to do what you can to help them. Uh, but they also, if they have such a repeated propensity to violence and if family members are not surprised that somebody like this is committing a crime like this individual did, uh, mowing down, again, eight people, including a police officer, including somebody just walking on the sidewalk, uh, my goodness, it is time to throw the book at these people and stop making them part of this revolving door of criminal justice reform where they're in a little bit and then they get out. And then guess what? They do the same thing over and over again. What are your thoughts about this, guys? 1-800-848-9222. one 848 I am so angry tonight when I hear the tea leaves behind this guy and his blatant record. Clearly, this guy was a crime again waiting to happen. There is no doubt about this. And we have to stop being soft on criminals and those who have mental illness. We can't say, oh, gosh, we need to help them and then put them back out on the streets. How about that paramedic who was stabbed? Remember, she was walking down the street and the guy who had the mental illness just suddenly out of the blue started stabbing her. And then people were saying, yeah, I knew the guy was nuts. I knew the guy had problems. I knew there were issues. Well, step up and do something and stop saying that this is an issue within the family. It's just mental illness. They're going to get better at a certain point. We have to all admit that the criminal justice system is not working and it's time to get tough. And if somebody has a mental illness, get them help, but lock them up so they don't become an issue to somebody else. Meantime, we are talking also tonight about all these unanswered questions tied to these unidentified objects. I never thought in a million years that I would be hearing the White House and the Pentagon say, there are no alien ships that we know of. Well, it first started out, by the way, that NORAD, the head of NORAD, over the weekend, because there have been three unidentified objects, there was obviously the balloon that was shot down off of Surfside Beach on January, on February 4th, But now there's been these three other objects every day. There was one on Friday. There was one on Saturday. There was one on Sunday. And now it's like the OK Corral. Now they're shooting down like anything in sight, right? It's like, oh, it touched into the air. OK, we're going to knock it down. A kid's balloon. They'd knock it down. By the way, we were just talking before the show that it cost $400,000 per missile to shoot. And one of the missiles missed. Can you imagine? So they spent 800000 knocking down something that we still have no idea what it is. But the White House came out today and said, it is not an alien object. And that's because the head of NORAD over the weekend when he was asked, could this have been something tied to extraterrestrial? Could it have been a UFO? Because you're not identifying it. You're just saying it's an object. 
So could it have been something like this? And he's like, well, we can't rule anything out. So some of the headlines were possible extraterrestrial. So the questions today at the White House briefing was, could there be UFO? Was this tied to this? And they said, no, 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 we don't believe it's that. But what's interesting is they are still failing to say, what are these objects? There's one report tonight that they're suggesting that at least maybe one of these other ones was some sort of balloon object. But we know that it wasn't maneuvering on its own, that they believe it was just sort of gliding you know, separately, it didn't have some sort of an engine. It didn't have the kind of payload. It didn't have the size that the one that was shot off the coast of South Carolina after it crossed the country for eight straight days, which is just such a joke that they waited until that time. But they are still not telling anybody, and they're not even seeming to tell even members of Congress who have security clearance. These are the members of Congress who are on some of the Homeland Security Committees and elsewhere where they have classified security clearance. And so everybody today is saying, what's going on? What's behind all this? And who is really responsible? Is this a series of Chinese sort of testing the waters, sensing a weak president after we saw that dismal Afghanistan withdrawal, sensing a weak president after we've seen him say, Well, if it's a minor incursion, maybe we won't do anything with Russia. And then, of course, Russia invades Ukraine. Or, you know, this president who's like, oh, it's okay. We'll just leave the 80 billion plus, basically, U.S. machinery behind there in the Taliban. No problem with that one. No big deal with that one. So is this the Chinese, do you think, sensing weakness? And where do you think all of this is headed Do you think we're headed into dangerous territory? Because a lot of people are extremely concerned tonight. They're frustrated that they're not getting the answers. People in national security are saying, why don't I know about it? Why don't I have any details? And they're right. They should, especially if they have classified clearance. But then separate than that, they are also saying, you know what? This is a huge concern that it could be China testing the United States to see what kind of response it's doing, whether they're going to do something to us or they're going to do something to Taiwan, sensing this is a moment. What if a Republican takes the White House next? What if it's Trump who takes the White House next? They know they have a limited window now to act. And it is awfully odd that there have been three new incursions, one every single day, and that they seem to like want to shoot them down left and right. What are your thoughts about all of this, guys? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's first go to Josh, who wants to talk about the U-Haul case real quick. Josh, your thoughts about uh, this terrible case today of this guy. Here he is in Bay Ridge, and he's on Fifth Avenue in Bay Ridge in Brooklyn, and he starts mowing down people and shouting out to cops, basically sounding like he almost wants to, like, go suicide by cop. Hey, Reed, how are you? I'm good. What are your thoughts? And the fact of this mental illness, and if you look at this guy's track record, why was he even out? So, yes, you made a call to family members to uh, to report these incidences. So while I do agree with you, but, I mean, like, don't you feel that, especially in New York, people kind of feel that their requests are just going to go on deaf ears, especially when you have known criminals that are getting thrown back in the system. So, like, I mean, they probably aren't so confident that, someone is going to listen to someone about like a claim about someone that's doubtful whether they're a real threat 
You know, that's an interesting point, but that's isn't that a sad testament? Because you're right, they're seeing this revol. No, but you're right, they're seeing this revolving door, and they're thinking, you know, maybe why should I report it? Nothing's going to happen, um, or they're going to be right back out, and then they're going to be mad at me, you know, family member. There's some real scary stuff there. I mean, I know when I make an effort, I want to see fruits from my my labor. If I know that it's going to have no impact, I mean, I'm just not going to do it. So. Yeah, and isn't that isn't that a sad sign of the times? Because so many times, Josh, we see these cases, and we don't know too many details tonight about the shooting at Michigan State. Um, but you know, oftentimes the writing is on the wall, and nobody cracks down, nobody does anything, and then they wonder why this person's out to menace society again. At a certain point, and I, and I I'm a big believer in trying to get people help, try to help them reform. But there's some people who clearly aren't able to be fixed. And if that's the case, then stay behind bars or in a location where they cannot do other people harm. Uh, Josh, great points. Thanks so much. Let's go to Yanti in upstate New York. Your thoughts about all of this, Yanti? You mentioned about uh, people not referring their relatives, um, their psychos. I mean, why should people um, 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 give over their family when, when um, there's active criminals they're not being justice. Because you got to at least try, don't you think, Yanti? I mean, you know, the thing is, people who know these individuals best clearly know their mental behavior, uh, know their history, and at least they can at least try to somehow be some sort of an interference, just to at least protect the rest of us. I mean, if you don't try, then you're surrendering, Yanti. I got it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's disturbing. I mean, don't you think it's time to step up? Yeah, I know, but but even so, so many active criminals are going on the street with no problem. I mean, family members of of a psycho thinks, why should I go bother you? Tomorrow you'll be outside. Uh, there's no, nothing to do. No, I I, I hear you, and, and there is obviously that risk. But if you don't do it, uh, you're basically surrendering the streets to this person, and especially if you know the history. Like in this guy's case, uh, I mean, the U-Haul guy, he stabbed somebody, he stabbed his brother. Then he stabbed somebody else, and he spent minimal time on both. And his family today doesn't sound surprised whatsoever that he took a U-Haul and mowed down eight people. I mean, there's a problem with society uh, that a family is not surprised when they hear that kind of news. Don't you agree, Auntie? Sure, I agree. But but my, my point is that is the beginning, it should start that by the Justice Department. They should start that so people will have more moral to, to, to do something more. Absolutely, and have more faith in the justice system, too, 1,000%. Yanni, thanks so much. When we come back, everybody, will continue your calls and also talking about these unidentified objects and now the Biden administration trying to sound like they're tough after they let the first one go for eight days across the country. And today, oh, boy, they can't stop shooting things out of the sky. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That sounds like the motto now for the Defense Department. It's like the OK Corral, the way they're treating these objects. It's like, 
Oh, it's coming into U.S. territory now. Let's shoot it down. When the first time it took eight days, the one that they said was the biggest threat was the very first one. And they said that one was a spy balloon. They unequivocally today said that it was collecting intelligence. It was going over sensitive sites. They let that go for eight days, cross the country, transmit information about secret sites tied to our ICBMs and our missiles. And then they decide to shoot that one down after it's given all the intelligence back to China. And yet now there's been other three that they say are like cylindrical objects. They won't call it anything other than a, quote, object. They say that these do not appear to be harmful, like they were transmitting something, but that they were in civilian airspace. And yet they seem to not uh, be reluctant to shut it down and shoot them down in any sense of the word. It seems like they can't wait to get these out of the sky. And yet they're not telling us anything, just saying, trust us, trust us. Well, Senator Ron Johnson had this to say. He believes all of this is tied to China, and he says he believes China is sensing weakness with this president. There's so many reasons that our adversaries would be emboldened right now. Uh, You take a look at uh, how President Biden is is treating the military. They're they're just concerned about woke politics uh, in in the military. The, The embarrassing Surrender in Afghanistan exuded weakness. Our, our growing, our massive uh, deficit spending, uh, inflation. I mean, everything that this president has done, driving up uh, uh, energy prices, a completely open border, every action this president has taken has weakened this country. And again, I don't know all of the, the ways that Joe Biden has compromised in terms of his foreign financial entanglements, but the Chinese Communist government knows, you know, Russia knows, Iran knows. So is President Biden compromised, and is that why this is happening now? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David, line three. David, your thoughts about this pattern of all these balloons or objects that are coming into the U.S. suddenly uh, that we never heard of before? Um, I'm Honestly, Rita, I think it has to do with Biden administration covering up their boo-boo with the first balloon, and they started to send in their own things. That's why they're not giving us any information. Yeah, no, I agree. I think so, too. I think they're trying to make up for it and trying to look like they're tough because I think Biden just looks so weak. He looked like a pansy. I mean, early on, he was terrible. He was like, how could you let a balloon that they— still maintained today, was clearly a Chinese spy balloon, cross the country for eight days and let that, you know, go and take all the information. Uh, it's it's unconscionable that he allowed that. And now it's like he can't wait to keep shooting him out of the sky. Now it looks like he's at like a, a shooting gallery at a state fair, you know, shooting everything in sight and wants us to believe that somehow these are justified and... There's a difference between the other one. Like he was saying, oh, the other one was 60,000 feet. Uh, these are 20 to 40. So that's why we're shooting them out. Uh, the other, Like as if something that's 60,000 feet isn't a threat to a, the American homeland, too. I mean, that's the thing that's amazing, David. And the fact there's so many unanswered questions. What do you make of that, that they seem to be leaving everybody in the dark? The president still has not made a statement himself. Uh, I think that's irresponsible. Well, I mean, it's just obvious. I mean, they keep doing it no matter what it is, uh, when it's, whether it's the laptop or anything having to do with the election. 
they wanted to put the blame on President Trump that there were three balloons during his administration, but nobody's come out and told us exactly when and how that happened. And now all of a sudden there's three more to make Joe look like shooting Joe and he can just take care of everything himself. And don't worry, he's got it under control. But meanwhile, he let his buddies over there in China get all the information they could possibly need. I'm really worried, Rita. Yeah, I I am am. too. I am too, David. And I, I rarely like feel a sense of angst in terms of like such national security. But I don't feel like I feel like we're rudderless right now. And the White House is clearly not telling us everything they know. Um, and they want us to believe, like you just said, like Joe's in control. That was the other thing I found really interesting today, David, during the White House briefing. Kirby basically came out. I couldn't believe this. And John Kirby there, who was at the briefing, said, you know, the past administration really wasn't focused on this. We are. And Joe Biden took matters into his own our own hands, you know, like as if. We're supposed to be patting him on the back as opposed to going, are you kidding me? And that's really scary when they're in denial, not telling the American public everything, and they don't seem to know which side is up. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and also their families, a powerful story coming from Sioux City, Iowa, where police rescue a man on the Missouri River ice shelf. Now, there was a positive outcome over the weekend as Sioux City police rescued a man who was suspected of having a severe mental illness. It happened around 5 o'clock when Sioux City police and rescue crews were dispatched after a man was reportedly standing on a frigid ice shelf on the Missouri River near the Siouxland Veterans Memorial Bridge. Police say that the man appeared to be suffering from a mental condition and was possibly suicidal. After an hour, police were able to talk to him, calm him down, and get close enough to restrain the man and get him to safety. The man was then transported to a local hospital for evaluation and also for treatment, and the officers were said to be doing okay as well. Really scary situation, and just shows some of the difficult and very emotional situations that law enforcement get placed in every single day. And thank goodness they were able to help this man who had a mental condition and was possibly suicidal and helped save his life well we are talking about the chinese spy balloons and the three unidentified objects it is stunning that after all the news headlines that we have seen in the last few days that the biden white house still is giving very few answers and even the president himself i am stunned he has not addressed the american people or at least put a statement out He has been basically like reluctant. He's been very cagey, as has White House representatives. And why are they being so quiet about what's happening? They've been very vocally shooting down objects that are coming into U.S. airspace. I I never remember hearing anything like this in American history right now, where these objects are incursing, doing incursions into our homeland. And it seems like left and right. This administration is shooting a whole bunch of them down pretty quickly, almost in some cases within hours. And they're happening on a repeated basis very, very frequently. 
So why don't we know more about it? Why can't they describe what the objects are? Why can't they tell us who's sending them? We know that the first one, they say, was a Chinese spy balloon collecting intelligence, going over secret sites in the United States. They allowed that one, again, to go across the country for eight days, which is stunning and I think a huge blunder and a huge mistake. But are these other ones also a Chinese mission? Are they coming from somebody else? Is it an individual? Is it a state actor? We don't know. And they're not giving us a lot of details. Why is that? Why is it still? Is it like a Agatha Christie mystery? I mean, is it like a whodunit, like Clue, like, uh, you know, Mr. Green in the billiard room? Why don't we know? Why are they not sharing these details? It makes it more perplexing, and it makes it more questionable, too, because if they would just tell the American public, hey, here's what we know, and here's what we don't know. We just want to be straight with you. We know this part, but we don't know this part. I think the American public would have a lot more confidence, but right now, They see a blundering president who allowed that first one to go across the country. And now we're seeing somebody who seems to be trigger happy and they're knocking down every single thing that's crossing. And are we supposed to believe it's all a coincidence or is there much more sinister behavior behind this that they're just not telling us? I mean, is it really that they're shooting them down because they're a threat just to commercial aviation or are they shooting them down because maybe there's something really, really nefarious and they just don't want to tell the American public about it. Either way, it doesn't instill confidence. And how would they want people to expect that we're going to just trust them? We didn't trust that he was doing it right the first time. And we're supposed to trust now that he's overcompensating and using missiles from F-52s, F-22s to shoot off from Elmendorf or whatever located air base, depending where it was in Michigan or if it was in Alaska in that particular case, uh, the other one that was just right there on the tip right there in Canada. I mean, all of these things happening all one day apart, is it all coincidence or is it part of some master plan that for some reason they don't want to tell the American public about? It's really scary. And the fact, either way, if it turns out that it's part of a master plan by the Chinese, that's scary. And if it turns out that they're just shooting them down to make up for their lackluster approach on the first one, that's scary, too, that you suddenly become the OK Corral to make up for being a wimp the week before. That doesn't make any sense either. And that doesn't breed confidence with the American public. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, Congressman Mike McCall, Republican of Texas, had this to say because He believes that these balloons, especially the Chinese spy balloon, he says, were a signal that the Chinese are gearing up for something big. Uh, These uh, spy balloons have great capability to gather and collect intelligence. Uh, I would argue more so than even satellites in the sense that they're flying at, say, 40 to 60,000 feet uh, above the, uh, the Earth. Uh, the imagery that they can capture and other intelligence data that I can't be specific about uh, can be captured and then transmitted back to the mothership in Beijing. Uh, they have control over these balloons. You know, this was an act of espionage in plain sight, plain view of the American people. I know there have been reports of prior ones, but none like, quite like this. None quite like this. And earlier today, I was uh, co-hosting with the great John Katsimatidis at Cats at Night. And we had on the show General Thomas McInerney. He was in charge of NORAD in Alaska. 
And he says there's no doubt in his mind that all of this is part of a master plan from China as well. Take a listen to how he describes it. The Chinese in 2005 promulgated a new strategy for global domination without using kinetic weapons, meaning bombs and bullets. And they were going and they're going to do it. General Hei Taiwan was is was their chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff's equivalent. 2005 now, get me, how they could get global domination. And that would be by using massive biological warfare and massive cyber warfare. Now, 15 years later, we got hit, and no one will argue that the COVID-19 did not come out of Wuhan and the Wuhan Virology Lab. Uh, even uh, Fauci is starting to say that. And that was not an accident. Yeah, but we've got a president right now who won't even ask the Chinese when he's on the phone with them, hey, uh, can we talk about the Wuhan lab? Hey, can we talk about fentanyl crossing our southern border? Hey, uh, did you send a balloon over or are you sending these other over? And in fact, when he was asked the other day, he was like, oh, you know, it wasn't really a major breach. That's how he described it. Well, either it wasn't a major breach and then it was no problem that they traversed the country and took intelligence from secret locations and it's no big deal that you've got these others kind of like floating above or it's a big deal and you're shooting them down, which is what you're doing. So you're certainly sending mixed messages here to the American public. And this is what Senator Ron Johnson had to say. He said this administration doesn't instill confidence, especially if the Chinese are up to something very nefarious. Take a listen. Can you give us your sense of why the Chinese Communist Party has sent this spy flight and was able to float throughout the continental United States over such important military installations? Because they uh, they see as well as sense weakness in America right now. Uh, I mean, the clip you just played of President Biden, he, he's detached from reality. He's delusional. Uh, he, he denies that our southern border is open. He says that it's, uh, you know, that, that we have control over it. Uh, we don't. And, and the fact that he doesn't acknowledge the fact that uh, what is happening here is alarming and puts our nation in peril uh, is itself alarming. Um, you know, we don't exactly have the A team in place right now, which is also more than unfortunate. More than unfortunate. It is downright dangerous and it's downright scary. And that's why I think. So many people, uh, including myself, are really concerned right now because we don't feel like we have the A-team in place. We don't feel like we have folks who are in control, and they don't feel like they're telling the American public everything. It's really scary. Either it's a threat, and that's why you're shooting everything down because it's a threat to the homeland, or, you know, you're just trying to make up for looking like a wimp the week before. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe on line three. Joe, what do you think is with all these repeated objects now that are crossing into U.S. airspace um, on line six? Let's go to Joe on line six. Joe, your thoughts about this, please. What do you think? Yeah, hi, Rita. Um, I think basically it's based, it, it's a case of a test because, you know, China, they know what's going to happen. We got another election coming in 2024. Thank God we get this guy out of office. But the whole thing is that uh, what's going on as far as the country being weakened, it could be a setup for a possible EMP attack. 
Because basically, you know, you don't have to set up, set up a satellite. I know they're trying to fly these balloons over, and God help us if they put it in some kind of a device, one of those balloons, and it's 20, 30, 40,000 feet, and they know the lay of the land now because they the first they hit the first balloon across the country already. They know what the military sites are and everything. All you need to do is hit at the right spot, and that's it. And they got plenty of scientists that know what's going on. And if that happens, it'll set us back a couple hundred years, and that's it. It's, it's over. It's over. So I really it's, it's, a, it's a big worry right now because everything that relies on the electric of everything from commerce to uh, how we live our lives, the Chinese know they want to take Taiwan. And the whole thing is that regardless of that. They're going to do it before 2024, and Biden's just basically with what he did in Afghanistan and everything else he keeps on doing with the open border. They know that's nothing to worry about. And the rest of the world that depends on us knows that if America goes, there goes the rest of the world. So we have an EMP attack. China, if they have the technology, they may set it off. And the whole thing is that they're just shooting at balloons for whatever reason to try and save face. But China knows they can do whatever they want. And unfortunately, they may get away with it. That's really scary. And by the way, the whole EMP thing, I agree with you. I think that that's something we can't rule out, um, that they may be preparing for something like that. And that would be absolutely debilitating if something were like that to happen to America. And, And you don't feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, our administration, if you look at some of their policies, especially when it comes to security issues, they're spending like how much time at the Pentagon uh, with the Defense Department and, and this defense secretary and Millie talking about woke, you know, pronouns, like which pronouns they're spending oh. more time on that. And, and, and it's like, and meanwhile, we've got this huge threat and we're supposed to say, oh, it's not a big deal. But it's a big enough deal that you're shooting it down every day. Like, you know, it, it, none of this makes sense. And it doesn't breed you know, confidence, Joe. I know, Rita, I think that, you know, I felt safer under Trump. I mean, really, the case being that no one messed with us, we wouldn't have what's going on in the Ukraine right now if Trump is president. And then uh, everything else is happening around the world. And uh, with China doing that, but they're testing the waters, as I said, because they want to take Taiwan. And um, if we get involved in that, or if something happens, if, say, if uh, Russia attacks Poland or something like that, or uh, Germany, forget it. And then that's it. We're part of NATO. World War Three has begun, and that's the end of it. I mean, that's and, and, and Putin doesn't care anymore because if they attack Crimea. He already said if the, if, if the uh, Ukrainians attack Crimea, try to take it over. Forget it. They use tactical nukes, and uh, we're sending weapons over there. So if the Democrats, they look at it, they and it's, they they know they're not going to win the next election unless they try to steal it again. But the whole thing is that this could lead to escalating to the point that it will be, it'll be an Armageddon type of situation, which is a, it's a, it's really it's scary. A lot of people try to just not think about it, but you got to think about it because we don't live in a, in a safe world anymore. It's more dangerous now than it was back in World War II. I heard someone say that on the news a couple of days ago. I wanted the generals say we're more dangerous now than we were back uh, 70 some odd years ago. And uh, it's true. And unfortunately, wow. we got a weak president that's going to put us in that direction. And um, that's it. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, uh, you know, I'm a veteran. I, 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 I was in the Army during the Cold War. And I never, there was no action, but, you know, we had Grenada. But then again, after that, that was, that was it. But the whole thing is, nowadays, it's a case of there won't be soldiers fighting. There won't be missiles. And the whole thing is that and then some of them will be nuclear. And then an EMP attack, as they said, if it happens here, it's over. I mean, that'll be it because we don't have enough. We don't have any protection against the power grid being taken down. Well, and, and, and Joe, everything else. did you hear about all this in the middle of all this? Our president is eliminating some of the surveillance balloons on the southern border. I mean, think about that at a time where uh, we're shooting down balloons hitting up in the north. 
our president yeah. is eliminating these surveillance blimps that are on the southern border because he's wanting to make the border on the south even more wide open. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's like you can't. It's scary, and and you just brought up the the story of you know how some have said that it's even more dangerous now. What a scary premise! And the thought of things getting even more entangled with this president is a frightening premise. And and Joe, one thousand percent, do I agree with you um, when you just said about Trump? Because I believe if Trump was in office, I totally agree with you that the Russians would not have invaded Ukraine. They were scared of him. They didn't know what he was going to do. You know, you saw him even with North Korea, when the whole thing happened with North Korea. He was calling the, you know, him Little Rocket Man. And Little Rocket Man was like, oh, my God, this guy's nuts. You know, he was like, but they feared Trump. And they knew that Trump was not going to hesitate using force if he needed to. And just the threat of that was enough to shut a number of these folks down. And we're seeing the exact opposite now. And that's a really scary place for America and for the world. Because if America is soft, that makes the world soft. And that's a really scary premise. Joe, thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. And we are talking about, here it is, days later, and the Biden administration still not giving a lot of details about these objects that they're shooting out of the sky. Uh, I couldn't believe this today when John Kirby basically said, well, the past administration wasn't really taking this seriously, and we really focused on it, and boy, isn't Joe Biden Mr. Tough Guy on National Security. Uh, Take a listen to him touting his boss, which... I had to. I busted out laughing. Take a listen. Uh, when it comes to these higher altitudes, are America's borders secure? The president uh, takes, uh, as I said earlier, he takes uh, our national security uh, extremely seriously. He has no higher responsibility than the safety and security of the American people. Let's look at the southern border. Let's look at the fact that he let that Chinese spy balloon go across America. I'm not sure if you can answer that question with a straight face. And General Kellogg, who was the national security advisor under then Vice President Pence, said, you know what? There's way too much gray here. He should be out front with it. Look, I guarantee you, and I've known President Trump for a long time, he would have been out there wrong right away. Look, get out there and say we may not know, but assure the American people we're looking into it and tell them that there's some things we did not correct here. We're going to fix it, and we're going to figure out how to solve the problem that the Chinese have presented to us. And so what's happening is, because Biden's not out with it, Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is no circle back sake, uh, came out the other day, and boy, what a disaster. She had to explain this was when one of the balloons went into Canada and then it went into U.S. airspace, and then the U.S. took it down. She couldn't even pronounce Canada right, let alone explain it. Take a listen. 
Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact. Okay. Exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. We didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in in in, in, in step with uh, right. Canada. Canada. Has anyone ever heard of Canada as Canada? I mean, this is shocking. This is our White House press secretary, and we're supposed to have confidence. They're shooting down balloons left and right, and she can't even pronounce Canada. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to somebody who does know how to pronounce Canada. Uh, let's go to Sherilyn. Who's in Canada? Sherilyn, how, what's it like in Canada? Yeah, this is Canada. Yeah, what's it like? <laughs> Can you, what did you make of that? I heard it. Oh, when she. God. I actually was watching it live when she said it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is oh our White God. House press secretary. What a bozo. Oh, anyway, the reason I'm calling Reed is I guess the third one that was up there, that unknown thing, actually was over Canada. And we heard here in Canada, that or Canada, whatever, um, we heard that uh, Trudeau had sent the Air Force up to, to shoot it down. But before they got to it, the U.S. jet came in and shot it down. So Trudeau had informed the U.S. that... Canada would search it out, and we would research what it is, but they're still hunting for it because the U.S. shot it down, and evidently they're not sure where they shot it down to, but anyway, they're still searching for it. But I'm thinking, I don't even think that if we found it, here's my thoughts, if we found this thing and researched what it was, got got some kind of intel from it, I think they'd probably still get a hold of your government and say, okay, should we tell our people? You know, this coercion between governments to not let people know, it just drives me crazy. Yeah, and especially, by the way, you know, it was interesting. On the very first one, they were making it sound like, boy, Biden was preemptive. Um, not the one that was over Canada, um, but the uh, but the other one, the very first one. Actually, it was in Canada. Forgive me at first, and then it came down. Remember to Montana, and then it circled all over uh, to uh, South Carolina. And then uh, they shot it down off the coast of South Carolina. I'm trying to speak like Corinne Jean-Pierre here. Um, but when it happened, they made it sound like, oh, boy, didn't we do a great job? Well, guess, you know, how that one was discovered, Sherilyn. I'm sure you heard that was the first one that went into Canadian airspace. You're talking about the second one that went in, um, which was the third one altogether. There's been four total. But the first one, a guy in Billings, Montana, looked up. And saw like a white cloud above and hovering above. It wasn't like Biden detected it. It was somebody on the ground. Everybody could see it in Montana. So, I mean, it, it's just it's shocking the way that they are not providing details. And it, and it just doesn't breed confidence. And it's interesting, like what you just said, that it sounds like um, Canada was planning on doing it on its own yeah, well, or at least doing it. And then and then what the Biden team just kind of went in and said, we're getting this one, baby. You know, they, they took it down in, in, in Canada. Um, actually, the thing is, the first one, the one that was the balloon, we heard that. Well, Canada couldn't have shot that one down because we couldn't we didn't have the Air Force to go up as high as your jets can go. Yeah, but we didn't even act. I mean, that's a sad thing. Are you guys just laughing at us? And that's sad to me because I think the world is laughing right now, Sherilyn, that he let it go across the country. And apparently there was discussions. He finally had an epiphany, our leader, like somewhere around, you know, it was like um, on Wednesday. And at that point, it was over urban areas. And then the the military overrode him and he had to drift it all the way till it got off the side of uh, Surfside Beach 
which is a nice area there near Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, and they're still trying to pick up pieces as as it is right now. It's just what a mess, what a mess, and not just for us, but for you guys too, our, our neighbors up north and Ocana and Ocanadia, <laughs> as uh, Corinne Jean Pierre likes to say. Sherilyn, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Are they telling the full story and how seriously concerned should we be? And boy, they sound trigger happy. They wouldn't let Canada operate. They went in themselves. We'll continue after the break, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, it looks like the GOP field against President Trump is about to get pretty crowded. Right now, President Trump is the only announced person running for president. And not even Joe Biden hasn't even announced yet that he's running for re-election, even though it looks like he sure is, because uh, he's trashing the police and everything else, all the other typical things that he did last time, trashing MAGA, trashing police, Those were sort of signs that he was gearing up. Well, now it looks like on the GOP side that President Trump is going to have some competition. And it wasn't that long ago, remember, when he placed his name in the hopper. He was the first one. And that was a good strategic move. Take a listen. Remember when he made this declaration at Mar-a-Lago. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. So tonight, it looks like Nikki Haley, of course, former governor of South Carolina, is planning to announce on Wednesday that she is going to throw her name in contention to be officially the first person to run against Trump in the primaries. And now there's another report that just came out a few hours ago in the Wall Street Journal that is saying that Republican Senator Tim Scott is preparing a presidential run of his own, that he is making some steps that he is telling friends are groundwork to a presidential race. Scott is 57 years old, senator there from the same state as Nikki Haley from South Carolina, African-American conservative, uh, has an amazing life story, uh, wrote a book, uh, what was it, America, a redemption story. That was a powerful sort of memoir about his life. Uh, And now it looks like he himself may be planning to make a run, according to the Wall Street Journal. And you can bet we're going to see a lot of other people in the race. Um, You know, we're probably going to see like a Mike Pompeo. We're probably going to see, who knows, maybe a Chris Christie. There's going to be, I think, a lot of people in this race. So how do you think it's going to shake out for 2024? Where do you think this is going? And do you think any of these people can sort of hold a candle and potentially even beat Trump. Of course, the other big name out there is DeSantis. Uh, no word yet on what he's going to do, uh, but it looks like he's kind of pointing in that direction as well. So it could be a very crowded podium on the GOP side, and it could get very heated come this week. 1-800-848-9222. one 800 848 
I, I think a lot of the people, uh, you know, can throw their names in, but I just see them getting squashed. Remember how like Jeb Bush was a nice guy, but boy, uh, he just got squashed like a little bug. Remember during the debate, like Trump was like, uh, okay, boring Jeb, right? And then remember it came to Marco Rubio, little Marco with the little hands, Marco. So you can see where we're headed. It's going to be obviously entertaining and it's going to be probably lots of mudslinging. And it sounds like it's going to start as early as mid this week. For sure, Nikki Haley, it sounds like on Wednesday is going to announce. And then we're hearing that Tim Scott and potentially a number of others will throw their names in the hopper. And in the middle of all this, I keep thinking how different life would be if President Trump was president right now with the whole situation with China. Remember, like the Biden administration was mocking President Trump for saying there's a problem with China. Remember, he kept saying China with the Wuhan lab and China this, China that. At least he was aware of China being a threat. You know, this president didn't seem to understand it's a threat, even after having to shoot down that balloon on the other side of the coast, you know, on the South Carolina coast. Well, even after all that, he said, oh, it's not a major threat. It's not really a big deal. So you think about what a contrast it would be between President Trump right now and President Biden. If President Trump was in office right now, I don't think China would be testing the waters. I don't think Putin would be in Ukraine. And I think things would be very different. And right now it looks very unimpressive and very insecure from a national security standpoint. And that is a scary place to be. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Max on line seven. Max, uh, your thoughts about what could be a very crowded GOP field. Um, and do you think Trump is still the guy to beat? Well, first of all, I think Trump is still the guy to beat. And um, I'd like to preface it, if I may, that um, when um, it's going to all tie in here. When Trotsky was thrown out of Russia and he came to the United States, he was went here and in Mexico trying to spread around this version of communism. When he got killed, there was a group that he was with and they left, they ran and they decided, look, if we're going to survive, we're going to have to uh, redo ourselves and we can't, you know, wear, wear red berets. They went underground and when they surfaced, they surfaced as people with red ties and they were called the neocons. The neocons now promote a very um, conservative view with the exception of war. Uh, when it comes to war, they, they, they jump on anything that's anything any to go any to go to war with any country at any time. This is a, the group is called the neocons. It's run by Bill Crystal. Nikki Haley is part of this. She is a neocon. She's not independent. She's not free thinking. She gives the impression of being a conservative. But when it comes down to it, she's not. So you think um, that because of that, uh, what, she won't do well against Trump or what? how does that fare for her? Well, I mean, if everyone's aware of, of this little bit, tidbit of history that I just mentioned, she doesn't have a chance. But if people don't, they will vote for her because this, on the superficial things, she'll push for something conservative or something's conservative. But when it comes to going to war, she listens to whatever the generals say. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. And also, you know, I think a lot of Trump supporters, I don't know how somebody can win on the GOP side if they don't have Trump sort of backing or at least her the followers backing. You know, you're not necessarily going to get Trump's backing if he's in the race. Um, but I still think he's the guy to beat on the GOP side because I think in, in, in terms of him being so far ahead, because 
Who else is going to get out there? I mean, I think Nikki Haley can do a rally, but do you think she's going to be able to pull twenty five or 30,000 uh, in a stadium? I don't see it. You know, I mean, do you see uh, Tim Scott getting that kind of a crowd out? I don't know if anybody on the GOP side or even on the Democratic side, maybe a Michelle Obama on the Democratic side, but anybody other than that, Joe Biden gets three people and he thinks it's a crowd. You know, I mean, do you, uh, do you foresee that she could absolutely overtake him or somebody could overtake him? I think he I think he's going to be hard to beat for the GOP nomination, Max. The thing is with uh, with Haley is that because she's a neocon, then the media will not come down on it and she'll be the darling of the right. With Trump, on the other hand, doesn't belong to any of these think tank groups. This is why he's hated by the media. This is why they're pouncing on him. And his worst, his worst aspect is he's all of these. There are many lies that are thrown out about him. But by the time he gets out from under these lies, there's more lies that are thrown on top of him. Well, with Haley, as long as she's with this group, they won't pounce on her. The media will not pounce on her. She's uh, you know, she's not real. But at the same time, the media will give her lots of breaks. Well, and she did do a bit of flipping and flopping. Remember, like right after everything happened with January 6th, she attacked Trump. You know, she wasn't supportive of him. And then she kind of changed her mind again. And obviously now she's dipping her feet in to go up against him. Uh, but a lot of people say that she is a flip flopper and that's not a good thing to be. And I think that's why I think you got to have Trump supporters behind you. And I don't know if I see Trump's supporters because they're angry at the way that she's flipped and flopped. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic. But, Max, your your point about the neocon thing is a very interesting thing. Um, and you're right. It's sort of the neocons versus the people like Trump who are trying to get out of wars as opposed to those who want to continue it. Uh, let's go to Larry. Line six. Larry, your thoughts. You're here on The Rita Cosby Show. Yeah. Hi, Rita. You know, this I, I'm not really so into this, but. My impression is that this bonfire of the vanities amounts to kicking a man when he's down. Uh, and they cannot expect Trump to reenact the same act he did the first time where he's going to start putting the whole field down because then he would look ridiculous, especially after the whole Twitter fiasco. Um, I really think that if they all take their bites out of Trump, the Republican, even though he's going to win the nomination, he's going to be a weary horse. And he's going to he's going to his image will be changed from a fighter to an old, weary, uh, you know, maybe over the hill fighter. And I think that's going to bode very bad in the general election. Well, I think, Larry, that obviously there will be a lot of mudslinging. And clearly, if they're getting in the race, you know, the first time in 2016, they didn't see him coming. Um, so now uh, he doesn't have that advantage of the surprise. If he tries the same strategy, which could still be effective again. Uh, they'll know to look out for it. But I don't think I would ever describe Trump as like a weary old horse uh, for a lot of reasons. First off, uh, the guy's the energizer buddy. Uh, he enjoys a fight. And I think his feeling is like, bring it on. And when there was rumors, remember, about DeSantis getting in the race, and it's still very much a, a possibility that he might. Um, and I think he's a serious contender there. Um, and And the other ones are serious people, too. But... It's an interesting thing because, Larry, as soon as that came out, remember Trump put out the word to uh, basically there's things I know about Ron DeSantis that only uh, he and his wife know. 
You know, I mean, well, that got a, that, that's like, uh, worse than Ted Cruz. Remember when they accused Ted Cruz's father of being like, uh, knowingly Harvey Oswald? Remember that old deal? I mean, there, this is going to be mudslinging extraordinaire. And he probably does have a lot of dirt on these people because he helped to get a lot of these people elected or he got them, you know, promoted in positions where they had to be vetted with national security clearances and other things. So, I mean, who knows what's out there? But I would never, ever count Donald Trump out. He is still the Energizer Bunny, and I think he can still run rings around so many of those people. Uh, Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts on if there could actually be a challenger, a serious challenger to Trump that's going to stay standing. Hi, Rhea. Thanks for taking my call. I I personally don't think anybody can really beat Donald Trump. Um, and I, if I were advising President Trump, I would advise him to run a positive campaign to try to unite the party because he has a stunning record. And, you know, a lot of people know that he has been victimized by the, the federal government weaponization and the, in the, in the media. And, I mean, the guy's battle-tested, and here he comes back again willing to take on more to finally try to reform what we have a very uh, corrupt federal government. No, but so you know, you know what, Dave, his, his Dave you had a great point because he came out the other day after the State of the Union address and he kind of did that a little bit. I mean, he basically said, um, you know, uh, well, under Biden, this is what's going on. Open borders, open this, open this. When I was here, blank, blank, blank. And I think if he can stick to that message, just like you said, um, he has a record to run on and he has a contrast now to run on. Um, whereas Biden before, you know, he couldn't necessarily say the contrast. Now he can say the proof's in the pudding. I did it. And this is how it was. And didn't you feel a lot safer under me? Didn't you feel a lot more prosperous under me? Didn't you feel a lot more secure? I mean, there's a lot of questions that he can certainly ask where people go, yeah, heck yeah, maybe I'll take a mean tweet now, you know, as opposed to uh, dealing with a guy who uh, doesn't know, you know, uh, you know, shaking hands with ghosts when he gets off the stage. You know, I mean, now he can really draw that contrast. And I agree with you. If he can try to stay as positive as possible, I'm not sure if that's in his campaign strategy. But if he can, I actually think in many ways he could be so incredibly effective. And he can really draw such a sharp contrast to what we have now in office. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, on this Chinese spy balloon and also Do you think Trump is the guy to beat? Do you think DeSantis is going to run? Do you think it's going to be a crowded field? As we're hearing word, Nikki Haley announcing this Wednesday and also Senator Tim Scott, according to the Wall Street Journal, getting ready to also run African-American senator from South Carolina. So it could be a very crowded GOP field. Is it still Trump's nomination? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And everybody here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are monitoring the latest on this terrible shooting at Michigan State University. The latest is that at least five people are injured, uh, some with life-threatening injuries after a shooting that took place this evening at Michigan State University. Uh, by the way, the university has more than 50,000 students, and the suspect, who remains at large at this hour, described as a short male wearing a mask, and he is still 
on the loose. We'll keep you posted as we get details on that. Uh, but it's just a very sad story coming from Michigan State University tonight. Meantime, we are talking about President Trump and his attitude towards the challengers and also foreign policy. Do you think Trump is the guy to beat? Now we are hearing that Senator Tim Scott, African-American conservative senator from South Carolina, uh, looks like he is also gearing up for a potential White House run, doing some steps and filings and meetings uh, to make that necessary step. We know that Nikki Haley is going to be announcing in less than two days. So it could be a very crowded field. Is it going to be a rehash of 2016? And will it have the same results? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mark. Line 7. Mark, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. I really believe that there's only one one Trump, and there hasn't been anybody like him since since Ronald Reagan. I mean, he you know, he obviously kept us out of war. Um, he's got a lot of, I think he's got a lot of headwinds against him. And I think if he thinks, and I know he, you know, most people probably don't believe this, but if he thinks that he can't get elected, I think ultimately he might, he might support Mike Pompeo because Mike Pompeo is, is the closest guy to him, I think out there. And I think if Mike Pompeo got a, um, a woman for a uh, vice president like Nikki Haley or Christy Nome. It could be a formidable ticket. Yeah. And by the way, I like Pompeo, too. He's a great guy and he certainly knows his stuff. I just don't see uh, Trump throwing in the towel. And also, that's what people said. Remember, you can't forget 2016 when he came down the escalator. There were a lot of people who were like, are you kidding me? The guy's never going to run. And he came down, made the announcement, and he was in it and he was in it to win it. Um so, you know, it may look like the odds against him. Anybody else, I would say, oh, yeah, forget it. They're done. Not President Trump. I mean, I think he's, you know, still energized. I do agree with you that I think Pompeo is very similar to him. They know each other well. Uh, they've had a good relationship, obviously, his secretary of state. And Pompeo is a really good, smart guy, too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because he's going to be, I think, in the hopper, too. I mean, and Pence, by the way, is former vice president. Uh, looks like he is gearing up to run as well. So they're right there. There's that's going to be uh, you know a wild, wild battle royale, and it could get awfully heated starting on Wednesday. Let's go to Ellie, line four. Ellie, your thoughts? Uh, thank you, Rita, for taking my call. So two points. One is uh, I don't know. You're counting Trump in very. very last time, no one thought Trump was going to make it. I, I think you're giving Trump a lot of credit here. It's too early to call. I think. Well, last time, you're right. People didn't think he was going to make it, and he proved them wrong. So that proves my point right. That's where I'm going, Ellie. Yeah, but let's say it could be anyone. It could be Mike Pompeo. It could be anyone. Nikki Haley, for all you know. Last time, Trump was if, – if Rubio would have dropped it earlier, Cruz would have clinched the nomination. It's too early to tell, I think, to, to, to count on Trump. Cruz was too busy trying to figure out the whole Oswald thing, remember, with his father. But, 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 your, but your point is a good one. You know, you never know what happens in politics. And it is still really early. Uh, so you don't know where it's going. So I think that that's a, that's a fair point there, Ellie. Great call. Thank you very much. Let's go to George, line six. George, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, I remember the, 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 the field uh, eight years ago. Most of them, uh, it was almost like a career ender, Governor <laughs> Christie. And I think the smart move 
for DeSantos or Pompeo is to latch on to the Trump VP spot because once if if he should win, he can't run again. His two terms are up, and he's got nothing else better to do but promote his VP guy, like a Pompeo or DeSantis. See, I I hear you and I agree with you, but people close to DeSantis tell me that he just wants to run for president or won't run. Like he genuinely really wants to be president. Uh, but I hear you. And listen, he's a young guy. He's, what, 48 years old? Uh, so he could certainly be a VP. And then, like you said, he could be a shoe in for the next. Uh, let's go to Al, line seven. Al, your thoughts real quick, Al. Yeah, hi, Rita. I think Donald Trump is the person to beat. I think the more people in the mix in the primaries, uh, it's better for Donald Trump to solidify his base. Uh, Sununu might get in. He's a Bush loyalist. Yep, that's a good and, uh, point, Nick too. Haley and Scott, I don't think they have much of a chance. Yeah, great assessment there. Uh, we shall see. And Christy Nome, what about Sarah Huckabee Sanders? She did great the other night. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, it looks like the GOP field against President Trump is about to get pretty crowded. Right now, President Trump is the only announced person running for president. And not even Joe Biden hasn't even announced yet that he's running for re-election, even though it looks like he sure is, because uh, he's trashing the police and everything else, all the other typical things that he did last time, trashing MAGA, trashing police. Those were sort of signs that he was gearing up. Well, now it looks like on the GOP side that President Trump is going to have some competition. And it wasn't that long ago. Remember when he placed his name in the hopper? He was the first one. And that was a good strategic move. Take a listen. Remember when he made this declaration at Mar-a-Lago. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. So tonight, it looks like Nikki Haley, of course, former governor of South Carolina, is planning to announce on Wednesday that she is going to throw her name in contention to be officially the first person to run against Trump in the primaries. And now there's another report that just came out a few hours ago in the Wall Street Journal that is saying that Republican Senator Tim Scott is preparing a presidential run of his own, that he is making some steps that he is telling friends are groundwork to a presidential race. Scott is 57 years old, senator there from the same state as Nikki Haley from South Carolina, African-American conservative, uh, has an amazing life story, uh, wrote a book, uh, what was it, America, a redemption story. That was a powerful sort of memoir about his life. Uh, and now it looks like he himself may be planning to make a run, according to the Wall Street Journal. And you can bet we're going to see a lot of other people in the race. Um, you know, we're probably going to see like a Mike Pompeo. We're probably going to see, um, who knows, maybe a Chris Christie. There's going to be, I think, a lot of people in this race. So how do you think it's going to shake out for 2024? Where do you think this is going? And do you think any of these people can sort of hold a candle and potentially even beat Trump. Of course, the other big name out there is DeSantis. Uh, no word yet on what he's going to do. 
Uh, but it looks like he's kind of pointing in that direction as well. So it could be a very crowded podium on the GOP side, and it could get very heated come this week. 1-800-848-9222. I, I think a lot of the people, uh, you know, can throw their names in, but I just see them getting squashed. Remember how, like, Jeb Bush, who's a nice guy, but boy, uh, he just got squashed like a little bug. Remember during the debate? Like, Trump was like, uh, okay, boring Jeb, right? And then remember, it came to Marco Rubio, little Marco with the little hands, Marco. So you can see where we're headed. It's going to be obviously entertaining, and it's going to be probably lots of mudslinging, and it sounds like it's going to start as early as mid this week. For sure, Nikki Haley, it sounds like on Wednesday is going to announce. And then we're hearing that Tim Scott and potentially a number of others will throw their names in the hopper. And in the middle of all this, I keep thinking how different life would be if President Trump was president right now with the whole situation with China. Remember, like the Biden administration was mocking President Trump for saying there's a problem with China. Remember, he kept saying China with the Wuhan lab and China this, China that. At least he was aware of China being a threat. You know, this president didn't seem to understand it's a threat, even after having to shoot down that balloon on the other side of the coast, you know, on the South Carolina coast. Well, even after all that, he said, oh, it's not a major threat. It's not really a big deal. So you think about what a contrast it would be between President Trump right now and President Biden. If President Trump was in office right now, I don't think China would be testing the waters. I don't think Putin would be in Ukraine. And I think things would be very different. And right now it looks very unimpressive and very insecure from a national security standpoint. And that is a scary place to be. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Max on line seven. Max, uh, your thoughts about what could be a very crowded GOP field. Um, and do you think Trump is still the guy to beat? Well, first of all, I think Trump is still the guy to beat. And um, I'd like to preface it, if I may, that um, when um, it's going to all tie in here. When Trotsky was thrown out of Russia and he came to the United States, he was went here and in Mexico trying to spread around this version of communism. When he got killed, there was a group that he was with, and they left, they ran, and they decided, look, if we're going to survive, we're going to have to uh, redo ourselves, and we can't re- you know, wear, wear red berets. They went underground, and when they surfaced, they surfaced as people with red ties, and they were called the neocons. The neocons now promote a very um, conservative view, with the exception of war. Uh, when it comes to war, they, they, they jump on anything that's anything any to go any to go to war with any country at any time. This is a, the group is called the neocons. It's run by Bill Crystal. Nikki Haley is part of this. She is a neocon. She's not independent. She's not free thinking. She gives the impression of being a conservative, but when it comes down to it, she's not. So you think. Um that because of that, uh, what, she won't do well against Trump? Or what? how does that fare for her? Well, I mean, if everyone's aware of, of this little bit, tidbit of history that I just mentioned, she doesn't have a chance. But if people don't, they will vote for her because this, on the superficial things, she'll push for something conservative or something's conservative. But when it comes to going to war, she listens to whatever the generals say. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. And also, you know, I think a lot of Trump supporters, I don't know how somebody can win on the GOP side if they don't have Trump sort of 
backing, or at least her the followers backing. You know, you're not necessarily going to get Trump's backing if he's in the race. Um, but I still think he's the guy to beat on the GOP side because I think in, in, in terms of him being so far ahead, because who else is going to get out there? I mean, I think Nikki Haley can do a rally, but do you think she's going to be able to pull 25 or 30,000 uh, in a stadium? I don't see it. You know, I mean, do you see uh, Tim Scott getting that kind of a crowd out? I don't know if anybody on the GOP side or even on the Democratic side, maybe a Michelle Obama on the Democratic side. But anybody other than that, Joe Biden gets three people and he thinks it's a crowd. You know, I mean, do you uh, do you foresee that she could absolutely overtake him or somebody could overtake him? I think he I think he's going to be hard to beat for the GOP nomination, Max. The thing is with uh, with Haley is that because she's a neocon, the media will not come down on her and she'll be the darling of the right. But Trump, on the other hand, doesn't belong to any of these think tank groups. This is why he's hated by the media. This is why they're pouncing on him. And his worst, his worst aspect is he's all of these. There are many lies that are thrown out about, about him. But by the time he gets out from under these lies, there's more lies that are thrown on top of him. Well, with Haley, as long as she's with this group, they won't pounce on her. The media will not pounce on her. She's uh, you know, she's not real. But at the same time, the media will give her lots of breaks. Well, and she did do a bit of flipping and flopping. Remember, like right after everything happened with January 6th, she attacked Trump. You know, she wasn't supportive of him. And then she kind of changed her mind again. And obviously now she's dipping her feet in to go up against him. Uh, but a lot of people say that she is a flip flopper and that's not a good thing to be. And I think that's why I think you got to have Trump supporters behind you. And I don't know if I see Trump's supporters because they're angry at the way that she's flipped and flopped. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic. But, Max, your your point about the neocon thing is a very interesting thing. Um, and you're right. It's sort of the neocons versus the people like Trump who are trying to get out of wars as opposed to those who want to continue it. Uh, let's go to Larry. Line six. Larry, your thoughts. You're here on The Rita Cosby Show. Yeah. Hi, Rita. You know, this. I, I'm not really so into this, but my impression is that this bonfire of the vanities amounts to kicking a man when he's down. Uh, and they cannot expect Trump to reenact the same act he did the first time where he's going to start putting the whole field down because then he would look ridiculous, especially after the whole Twitter fiasco. Um, I really think that if they all take their bites out of Trump, the Republican, even though he's going to win the nomination, he's going to be a weary horse and he's going to he's going to his image will be changed from a fighter to an old, weary, uh, you know, maybe over-the-hill fighter, and I think that's going to bode very bad in the general election. Well, I think, Larry, that obviously there will be a lot of mudslinging, and clearly if they're getting in the race, you know, the first time in 2016, they didn't see him coming. Um, So now uh, he doesn't have that advantage of the surprise. If he tries the same strategy, which could still be effective again, uh, they'll know to look out for it. But I don't think I would ever describe Trump as like a weary old horse uh, for a lot of reasons. First off, uh, the guy's the energizer buddy. Uh, he enjoys a fight. And I think his feeling is like, bring it on. And when there was rumors, remember, about DeSantis getting in the race, and it's still very much a, a possibility that he might. Um, and I think he's a serious contender there. Um, and And the other ones are serious people, too. But. It's an interesting thing because, Larry, as soon as that came out, remember Trump put out the word to uh, basically there's things I know about Ron DeSantis that only uh, he and his wife know. 
You know, I mean, well, that got a, that, that's like uh, worse than Ted Cruz. Remember when they accused Ted Cruz's father of being like uh, knowingly Harvey Oswald? Remember that old deal? I mean, this is going to be mudslinging extraordinaire. And he probably does have a lot of dirt on these people because he helped to get a lot of these people elected or he got them, you know, promoted in positions where they had to be vetted with national security clearances and other things. So, I mean, who knows what's out there? But I would never, ever count Donald Trump out. He is still the Energizer Bunny, and I think he can still run rings around so many of those people. Uh, let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts on if there could actually be a challenger, a serious challenger to Trump that, that's going to stay standing. Hi, Rhea. Thanks for taking the call. I, I personally don't think anybody can really beat Donald Trump. Um, and I, if I were advising President Trump, I would advise him to run a positive campaign to try to unite the party because he has a stunning record. And, you know, a lot of people know that he has been victimized by the, the federal government weaponization and the, in the, in the media. And, I mean, the guy's battle-tested, and here he comes back again willing to take on more to finally try to reform what we have a very uh, corrupt federal government. No, but so you know, you know what, Dave, Dave, you had a great point because he came out the other day after the State of the Union address and he kind of did that a little bit. I mean, he basically said, um, you know, uh, well, under Biden, this is what's going on. Open borders, open this, open this. When I was here, blank, blank, blank. And I think if he can stick to that message, just like you said, um, he has a record to run on and he has a contrast now to run on. Um, whereas Biden before, you know, he couldn't necessarily say the contrast. Now he can say the proof's in the pudding. I did it. And this is how it was. And didn't you feel a lot safer under me? Didn't you feel a lot more prosperous under me? Didn't you feel a lot more secure? I mean, there's a lot of questions that he can certainly ask where people go, yeah, heck yeah, maybe I'll take a mean tweet now, you know, as opposed to uh, dealing with a guy who uh, doesn't know, you know, uh, you know, shaking hands with ghosts when he gets off the stage. You know, I mean, now he can really draw that contrast. And I agree with you. If he can try to stay as positive as possible, I'm not sure if that's in his campaign strategy. But if he can, I actually think in many ways he could be so incredibly effective. And he can really draw such a sharp contrast to what we have now in office. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, on this Chinese spy balloon and also do you think Trump is the guy to beat? Do you think DeSantis is going to run? Do you think it's going to be a crowded field? As we're hearing word, Nikki Haley announcing this Wednesday. And also Senator Tim Scott, according to the Wall Street Journal, getting ready to also run African-American senator from South Carolina. So it could be a very crowded GOP field. Is it still Trump's nomination? one 800 The Rita Cosby Show. And everybody here on The Rita Cosby Show, we are monitoring the latest on this terrible shooting at Michigan State University. The latest is that at least five people are injured, uh, some with life-threatening injuries, after a shooting that took place this evening at Michigan State University. Uh, by the way, the university has more than 50,000 students, and the suspect, who remains at large at this hour, described as a short male wearing a mask, 
and he is still on the loose. We'll keep you posted as we get details on that, uh, but it's just a very sad story coming from Michigan State University tonight. Meantime, we are talking about President Trump and his attitude towards the challengers and also foreign policy. Do you think Trump is the guy to beat? Now we are hearing that Senator Tim Scott, African-American conservative senator from South Carolina, uh, looks like he is also gearing up for a potential White House run, doing some steps and filings and meetings uh, to make that necessary step. We know that Nikki Haley is going to be announcing in less than two days. So it could be a very crowded field. Is it going to be a rehash of 2016? And will it have the same results? one 800 848 Let's go to Mark. Line 7. Mark, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. I really believe that there's only one one Trump, and there hasn't been anybody like him since since Ronald Reagan. I mean, he you know he obviously kept us out of war. Um, he's got a lot. Of, I think he's got a lot of headwinds against him, and I think if he thinks, and I know he you know most people probably don't believe this, but if he thinks that he can't get elected, I think ultimately he might he might support Mike Pompeo. Because Mike Pompeo is the closest guy to him, I think, out there. And I think if Mike Pompeo got a um, a woman for uh, vice president like Nikki Haley or Christy Nome, it could be a formidable ticket. Yeah. And by the way, I like Pompeo, too. He's a great guy and he certainly knows his stuff. I just don't see uh, Trump throwing in the towel. And also, that's what people said. Remember, you you can't forget 2016 when he came down the escalator. There were a lot of people who were like, are you kidding me? The guy's never going to run. And he came down, made the announcement, and he was in it, and he was in it to win it. Um, so, you know, it may look like the odds against him. Anybody else, I would say, oh, yeah, forget it. They're done. Not President Trump. I mean, I think he's, you know, still energized. I do agree with you that I think Pompeo is very similar to him. They know each other well. Uh, they've had a good relationship, obviously, his secretary of state. And Pompeo is a really good, smart guy, too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because he's going to be, I think, in the hopper, too. I mean, and Pence, by the way, his former vice president, uh, looks like he is gearing up to run as well. So they're right there. There's that's going to be, uh, you know, a wild, wild battle royale. And it could get awfully heated starting on Wednesday. Let's go to Ellie. Line four. Ellie, your thoughts. Uh, thank you, Rita, for taking my call. So two points. One is, uh, I don't know, you're counting Trump in very, very – last time, no one thought Trump was going to make it. I, I think you're giving Trump a lot of credit here. It's too early to call, I think. Well, uh, last time, you're right. People didn't think he was going to make it, and he proved them wrong. So that proves my point right. That's where I'm going, Ellie. Yeah, but let's say it, it could be anyone. It could be Mike Pompeo. It could be a- anyone. Nikki Haley, for all you know. Last time Trump was, if if Rubio would have dropped it earlier, Cruz would have clinched the nomination. It's too early to tell. I think to, to to count on Trump. Cruz was too busy trying to figure out the whole Oswald thing. Remember with his father. <laughs> but but yeah, so. but but your, but, your, but your point is a good one. You know, you never know what happens in politics, and it is still really early. Uh, so you don't know where it's going. So I think that that's a, that's a fair point there, Ellie. Great call. Thank you very much. Let's go to George, line six. George, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, I remember the, 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 the field, uh, eight years ago. Most of them, uh, it was almost like a career ender, Governor <laughs> Christie. And 
I think the smart move for DeSantos or Pompeo is to latch on to the Trump VP spot because once if if he should win, he can't run again. His two terms are up, and he's got nothing else better to do but promote his VP guy, like a Pompeo or DeSantis. See, I I hear you and I agree with you, but people close to DeSantis tell me that he just wants to run for president or won't run. Like he genuinely really wants to be president. Uh, but I hear you. And listen, he's a young guy. He's, what, 48 years old? Uh, so he could certainly be a VP. And then, like you said, he could be a shoe in for the next. Uh, let's go to Al, line seven. Al, your thoughts real quick, Al. Yeah, hi, Rita. I think Donald Trump is the person to beat. I think the more people in the mix in the primaries, uh, it's better for Donald Trump to solidify his base. Uh, Sununu might get in. He's a Bush loyalist. Yep, that's a good and, uh, point, Nick too. Haley and Scott, I don't think they have much of a chance. Yeah, great assessment there. Uh, we shall see. And Christy Nome, what about Sarah Huckabee Sanders? She did great the other night. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.